Thanks for doing this, Artem. Oh, dude, no worries. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> it's great to chat. I think we've only crossed paths a couple times, but I've obviously been following you guys, following your squad. Um, yeah. Off to a great start early spring. It's just ripping, dude. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, no, the team's looking good. I think I saw you uh, those local top few races last time, maybe. Exactly. I was like, yeah. who is it? I think you were, maybe that was a couple years ago, so you were probably like 16. I was like, who the hell is this kid? He just keeps <laughs> <Something> attacking. <laughs> yeah man no, those are good times they are good times like, I've, yeah. I've missed a bunch of those races they throw some in florida and i had friends that came down both weekends and mm. then uh i gotta try and get to something in georgia i think i'm gonna miss tonga i'm gonna be in france and so i'm like oh, damn that's yeah that's, that's a good i like that race that's fun yeah yeah no it was um, good what are you going to france for uh just going for my husband's birthday he's always wanted to go to the french open so we scored some tickets and gonna cruise over there and then i actually randomly met a guy on the road in florida who lives in paris and i was like how's the riding there he's like incredible you need to bring your bike yeah. so oh yeah gonna go over do some grab some routes from this guy and just cruise and we'll be there for two weeks come back and then i'm kind of up in the air about amateur nets because it's two days after i get back here and i'm like man am mm. i gonna wanna pack up and go to virginia right uh, that's you guys didn't did you do that race last year as i a, did yeah, yeah yeah that course was pretty cool i liked that, that yeah that was much better than florida in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, that, yeah. interesting uh, choice was, but it was good yeah yeah cool yeah this year i don't even know if i'm gonna do the u23 amateur nats like i hopefully do the baby giro and then uh and then pro nats because they're flipped this year i think right mm. I, I don't know. That's, I mean, it's so, yeah, that's a, man, it's crazy. So people that are, I'm probably just going to start this from a roll in. How old are you? 18 now? 19? 19. 19. 19. Yep. And it's, it's amazing that we have American cyclists that are at a level where it's like, I don't even know if I can fit U23 nats into my schedule because I have big things going on, man. Like yeah, serious yeah. kudos, dude. I hope <laughs> you like pinch yourself sometimes like, damn, this is going pretty damn well so far. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm super grateful. Like it's going from juniors last year and then being on a team like action, it's yeah, it's amazing. It's I love oh, it. Man. I, I don't know AJ. I've so I'm from Rochester originally. So yep. obviously there's a I still keep in touch with people from our club and it's Magnus Sheffield and now AJ's yeah. doing some things and people exactly. all, I'll say like what's in the water, but it's incredible to just see what you like the young crop coming up is exploding and so it has all of us people my age like super pumped for you guys just like yeah do the biggest things like i you know i was always like a tj fan is uh you know huge american cyclist but couldn't get to that that really high level mm -hmm. Amer amazing rider but yeah we've got a lot of pressure on you guys so yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep bringing you. it it's i yeah, yeah. i also hear your name from when you terrorize people at the airport <laughs> rides so uh, oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's what, that, that's our thing. Like two, I think two years ago it was it was like me, Michael, Joey Roscoff, Oliver, like all of these hitters at the airport. Right? It was it, it was great training, great fun. It was it was awesome. I was asking Forrest Howard, who's down there, oh, and yep, Forrest. He he. Uh, 
I had a couple athletes that were trying to hang out with you guys, and there's those like little stair steps, I guess, before you guys turn to the longer route. You go like southwest. Yeah. And he laughed. He goes, "Dude, I think Artem is like drooling when he sees that every time, and he just absolutely murders people." <laughs> that's that's like, my Dude. spot. That's my spot. Yeah, because for the last couple of years, I've been trying to get the KOM there. So every every ah, yeah. you man, okay, that explains it because people will say, "I don't know what it is, man." Artem literally just takes off every time. And you have you ruin people. Like I have people training for that area to try and hang yeah. on and then ties oh, there. And no, man, it's good. <laughs> yeah. That's what man. I, I am envious of sometimes the big city. I don't, I'm not a big city person, but the riding and the talent and the level of people that you guys have to ride with and train yeah. with is incredible. I've I think Florida. Although it's super flat, there is a group there that I'll roll with. That there is forty dudes that are just fast people, and it's right. amazing training. I had never, you know, the group that I live with at home. There's maybe ten really fast people, and that's just a different vibe. But when you roll up, and if you're not on, you could possibly get dropped. That oh, you yeah. can't replicate that on your own. So yeah, for sure. no man, keep doing it. It's only making people better, and oh, I appreciate it. A ton of people, and yeah. So, well, let's, uh, let's jump into this. Um, I've got about 20 questions or so go on tangents, uh, bring up things that I might not ask really just want to continue to help motivate other cyclists that are following you and get a better sense of who you are and what you're doing. And yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to share some of your knowledge and there's so many people rooting for you, man. It's great for them to kind of have even in the next layer of connection, especially People that might not get to ride with you on the weekends and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, thank you for doing this. So, no, I'm excited. One, thank you for having me. Oh man, yeah, thank yeah. you. Big, big, wide open ended question. Number one, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? So, best advice I've ever received probably have to go with coming from my father. Um, before, before like these local races. I mean, even to this day, like I get super nervous before races. And basically what he did to like calm me down was um, he just told me like, go out there and like do everything that you can do. Just like give it all, give it like, leave it all in the road. Mm. And then uh, like whatever happens, happens. Like if you, if you go out there and you go up a 20 minute climb and you bonk halfway through, at least like, at least you tried and didn't get dropped, you know, but it's like, then we got stuff to work on. So that just kind of calms me down before races. So you like find a weakness by putting yourself out there and leaving it on the road. That's yeah, yeah. You, you can you, you can say that for sure. Yeah. When do those nerves sort of settle down? Is it before the race starts? As the race gets going? When are you like, okay, I'm in my element. I'm racing, or is it you're just kind of like racing just makes you nervous in general? I mean, a, a little bit of everything. Like kind of the night before, you get a little bit nervous, but then you kind of like, but then you're doing so much stuff to pack. You kind of take your mind off of it, like. You start pinning up numbers and then go checking out your bike. So then kind of take your brain off the nervous, but then uh, kind of right before you bed, which is right before you go to bed, which is probably the worst time to get the nerves. Uh, and they, they kind of hit again, but then um, in the morning, then you get back up, focus on breakfast, what you're eating, trying to like pack all your stuff. And then, uh, and then um, kind of like right before the race, you get nervous again, which is also not very good, but you know, it is what it is. It, that's amazing for people to hear because I don't yeah. think a lot of people are going to think that Artem's getting nervous before races. So that's, yeah. that will probably help calm some people down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think you've learned about cycling that's made you better at cycling? 
Oof. Um, that's a good question. Probably just to take everything like one step at a time, maybe. Mm. Um, not like just trust whatever you're doing, not to rush things, you know, like, um, I kind of started doing like these bigger rides and, uh, you do some uh, mega rides, homie. Yeah. You are doing <laughs> yeah. some mega rides, dude. Yes. So this, this year I've been, I've been doing some, like a lot of crazy rides and like everyone keeps telling me like, Hey, like you're probably doing a little too much. And like none of the world tour guys are doing this. Like you shouldn't be training eight hours, blah, 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 blah. But like, I kind of just like, just learned to trust the system. Like, you know, it's like, maybe it's probably not the best thing I could be doing, but like, if that's what my coach tells me to do, like, I'm, I have to trust it, you know, cause if you're not trusting what you're doing, then mm-hmm. it's not going to work out, you know? So those come from your coach. He's like, go bang out an eight hour ride. Cruise yep. Z one, two, sit. Who's exactly. your coach? Is it glib? Gleb, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So he, I don't know him, but I know Raleigh Weaver, and he yeah. worked with Gleb. And so exactly. I'm gonna have to try and get this guy on the podcast because it sounds like oh, he yeah. some, some no. Gleb's a, a good coach. He's just super old school. Where um, like I still don't use power to train. You know, like really? it's yeah, it's all heart rate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like in the winter, a lot of base miles and like a couple interval sessions right before right before racing starts, and then uh during the racing just um grabbing the form through the races that's pretty much it that's amazing because i actually took off this list sometimes in some rapid fire i say heart rate or power or a combo or neither or whatever and i was like yeah. oh, he's probably just power like all these kids are just power obsessed right so no no, no i'm i'm Dude. absolutely off heart rate like let's di- let's jump in you kind of went down a path that a lot of people are gonna be interested in so let's talk base training and then let's mm-hmm. talk more like in season you said a couple okay. intervals so are you doing I actually, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What are you doing for base? So for, for base, I probably start, let's see, when do I, when do I start? Probably a little bit after October. I take a, I take a two week, two week, two weeks off in October. And then, uh, totally off, not riding a bike. Totally off. Uh, still trying to be active to not gain a lot of weight, maybe like Mm -hmm. a couple hikes, a couple runs here and there, but then totally off the bike. Okay. And then, um, and then slowly ramping up the miles, maybe first two weeks to start off easy, maybe like 10 hour weeks, 12 hour weeks, nothing, nothing too much. And then, uh, and then start th- like this winter, I started doing, like I said, the eight, the eight hour rides. So two, eight hour, two, eight hour rides a week, which put me at like 25 hours a week, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not including gym workouts. So a lot, lot of, lot of gym in the in the winter yes and then um let's get let's tangent real quick on that how many times do you sure. go to the gym and what are you doing uh two to three times a week um uh, a mix of arms and legs nothing mm-hmm. like nothing too specific i don't know what they're called exactly like calf races i believe okay doing a yeah. lot of those and then some stuff on the legs and then some stuff on the arms so um it's like whenever you're going up a climb it kind of helps uh to, to move your bike uh, I, I see a lot of cyclists not doing any arms and i'm like guys man yeah people are thinking I'm like paying you to say these things i ask i'll <laughs> talk to somebody and they're like i can't get this two and a half minute kom i said do you lift they said what the hell does that have to do with the kom i said have yeah. you ever done a two minute max effort like you are cranking that bike you think you're yeah, oh yeah. Get tired? yeah oh man dude this is amazing okay yeah. so you're in the gym two or three times a week and then you're doing these big hours and let's say so that puts you into what like november december yeah, right about right about then, and then just, I mean, pretty much just keep going till um till February, and then February we have we had team camp with Action this year in Tuscany, Italy. 
uh, that was a massive week. I did 34 hours that week. Um, that, that was, that was, huge. and that's mostly zone one, two. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, dur- during, during the camp, we had like a couple tests here and there, mm-hmm. uh, a couple 10 minute. I think we had, a this thing called an insect test. I believe it's called Oh, inside. Uh, yep. Yeah, that one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, but nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy interval wise. And then two weeks before racing started, I started throwing, uh, a l- little bit of intervals in there. Yeah. Mm. yeah. How did you feel on the first intervals or how did you feel doing the test after doing such a big amount of base miles? It was good because when I do the base miles, I don't exactly do them, uh, like zone one, zone two. Okay. I sometimes I like to like throw in a little bit of fun and then go for a KOM here and there for like a 20 mm. minute effort. So then I'll do like a 20 minute, not all out, but close to all out effort, mm-hmm. um, which kind of gets me prepared for those intervals, which mm-hmm. probably isn't the right thing to do. But I mean, I, I kind of like doing it. So, man, I think there's a million ways to do this. And if you're responding well to it and riding well, it's keep doing it and you've got a coach that you're working with, which is really smart. So he, you got a second pair of eyes on it. I mean, it yeah. seems so far it seems like it's working pretty well so yeah thank you thank you yeah yeah. and then do you think you'll change how have you done things during season because you race a lot so how did you guys sort of structure that you don't have to get too detailed but is it is it in interval session during the week is it still mostly a lot of endurance riding how do you guys manage like the fatigue from the racing because you race hard as hell right yeah i mean that's it's, it really depends. It's really difficult because sometimes you do stage races and sometimes you do one day. So it's, it really depends on what you're doing. And then especially with travel, travel gets in the way as well. Like if you're, if your race is from Thursday to Sunday and then you got to travel, um, like Tuesday, then there's really not a whole, not a whole lot you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely no, no long rides during the week, but definitely like maybe like a three hour with a couple of intervals in there, like on, um, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and then uh, on a Thursday, do some openers before Friday for the race. Yeah. So are you doing intervals by power, or are you doing everything by heart rate? Everything by heart rate. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 wild to hear. That's refreshing, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Do you know what, and this might be a question for your coach, but do you know like what things he looks for on intervals since they might not... Um, what are some of the comments that you get? Like, Hey, your heart rate is too high or too low. Like, how do you dial things in to know how hard you should be pushing? Or is it, I'm, I'm really curious about that. Yeah. So on, on intervals, it's pretty much, he looks at how fast I can recover. So I, I mean, if I do the interval at a heart rate of, let's say 185, which is, I mean, pretty close to my max, mm-hmm. um, then he sees like, okay, he has a seven minute interval at a heart rate of like 180, 185. And then, Let's see how fast he can go back down to like 110, 120 when he's recovering. Because mm-hmm. if then if my heart rate doesn't go back down that quickly, then that means I'm kind of like fatigued, and mm-hmm. he just he just looks at things like that. And then also if I can't get my heart rate up to one 180, 185, it also means I'm fatigued. So then that's awesome. Man. I yeah. would have to my uh, one of our other coaches, Josh, does something similar to this, and he was asking me. I'd ask those guys, I'm like, "Hey, what are some good questions to ask coaches?" And he brought up this exact scenario, and I was like, yeah. "Man, nobody does that anymore." But what are you talking about? And he's like, "I do it," and I was like, "That's really yeah. interesting." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah. eat my words. I'm learning some things. This is good. Yeah. All right, <laughs> damn, dude." 
Is yeah. there anybody out there, you know, especially now Strava has opened up a lot of people's training. Is there anybody, any maybe world tour guys that you might look up to or that you're kind of checking out their training, seeing what they're doing, or you just kind of keep things narrow on what you Oh, doing? yeah, no, I, I love Strava. I think it's the, it's the greatest thing ever. So, like, um, I mean, I got a chance to ride with him, actually. So, Pavel Sivakov, I know him very well. Like, he used to, like, Gleb used to coach him before he got on BMC Devo. And, um, yeah, he's just a big, um, like a big idol to me. He, he's kind of built like me as well. So like, I'm just, I'm just trying to be like him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. And you got to go out to an Ineos camp. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was awesome. That was, a, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. It was, it was less of a, less of a team camp, more of like a talent ID type of thing. It was, mm. uh, only 10 world tour guys there. Cause they had a team in, uh, team in tour down under. And then a team in Argentina, so not not all the guys were there. And then um, we had like ten to fifteen, maybe U twenty three junior guys. So it was no, it was awesome. It was a great experience. That's cool. I was watching on Instagram. The photos looks just mega. Yeah, yeah Mallorca, Mallorca was insane. Yeah, it was good. You guys, you guys. I was actually talking to Michael Garrison. He takes really good photos. You guys, I like some of the action riders accounts because it's not just like. You know, me and my bike. You guys have a good. You you paint yeah. the picture well. You tell the story well. So yeah, mm, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, Michael. Michael loves photography. Yeah, he's a he's really good at it. I'm not. I'm not quite on that level. I'm trying to get there, but he's. It's good though. Everybody kind of has their vibe. I'm thinking through some of the other guys I follow. And it's like it's just yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Keep doing it. What do you? What do you think is your best attribute in cycling? How do you try to use that to your advantage? And the reason I want to ask that question is maybe that other cyclists that are coming up that are cat three cat four that are they're trying to figure themselves out so when they right. hear other riders that are at your level having that self-awareness it helps them to kind of pick up steam with their own self-awareness sure. so how do you what do you like okay this is my strength and we don't want to give out any secrets but people that are yeah, racing no, against you probably know know how you roll but what yeah. do you see as a strength and how are you using that to perform yeah. well for your team yeah, I mean, ever since I started riding, I've always noticed I have like quite a big engine. Like I'm able, like that's my probably key strength is to go in the breakaway and then being able to suffer all day. And then if I get caught, then I still have, you know, the power of the legs to um, be, in, be in the front group and just basically use the engine to my advantage. Like for time trials is great, obviously. And then for, I mean, for climbs, like I'm a bigger guy but I can still sometimes <laughs> keyword sometimes get over, get over, get over the climbs of the climbers just because I can, you know, just because I can suffer well, you know, hmm. but yeah, you have to be drooling at that point when you see someone who's a little, really tiny, you're like, okay, I want to go to the finish line and see you because oh, you yeah. don't have the sprint. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. What do you and Glib talk about that you think might be something you need to work on that you can improve on to keep going up to the next level? Um, I mean, pretty, pretty much right now, the main thing I'm struggling with is my sprint. Um, like I'm not, I'm not good at all at the, um, doing a bunch sprint out of mm -hmm. the bunch, like not good at, it at all. I mean, from the breakaway, I'm quite okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I do have a quite fast kick so I can win sometimes out of the breakaway, but I mean, Gleb says it's like, if you're not a sprinter, then you're, you're not a sprinter. So, mm -hmm. uh, we're not doing a lot of things to, to work on my sprint yeah yeah uh, you know you can't do everything and i think that's that's yeah, smart exactly you know? 
What do you think? Uh, unless unless you're unless you're wow, but then he, then you can do everything. No, yeah, that guy is crazy. He's yeah. nuts. What do you think? Uh, curious. Do you think it's more of a mental thing of like your positioning in the group as when it's a huge uh, bunch, or do you think it's just a Watts thing? I think for for me, it's just a Watts thing. Like I see all these guys doing. Like I know some guys who can hit over two thousand Watts, yes. which I think I think it's absolutely insane. Like I. <laughs> I think I hit like 1300 this winter and I was like, I was psyched. I was like, let's go. That's, <laughs> those, are, those are great numbers for me. And then uh, like, I mean, actually positioning wise, like, so that's the thing that helps me. Like I'm quite, quite okay at positioning. I mean, U23 is a lot different than juniors. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's insane. Just how, just with coming from junior gears into adult gearing, you're topping out the sprint in junior gears at like 35, 40 miles per hour, maybe. And then mm-hmm. here you're just last 5k are all at 40 miles per hour. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, crazy it's, 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 it's a big difference for sure. But yeah. Which uh, I'm very curious about this one now from what you've already said, which do you enjoy more volume or intensity? Oh, volume for sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not, a, I'm not a big in- intensity guy. Yeah. I, I think um, I love going on like a five hour, six hour ride with the boys and then, or doing like a, a group ride here and there. I do like, I guess you can say I like a mix. I like to do a longer ride with like throwing in some like KOMs here and there. Mm. Um, but yeah, no volume for sure. That chops the ride up mentally, I think, really well. If you're like riding two hours yep. and you got a couple efforts and then you're like, oh, damn, I only have a couple more hours in the day. Oh, for sure. By so fast. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially if you start out the ride with a group ride, you do the group ride or you ride to the group ride. That's totally. an hour. Yeah. And then do a two hour group ride then ride back and then go do some intervals or whatever you have to do for another two hours. And you got a six hour day, just like that. If you have a big day, when you said big day with the boys. And so you're going by heart rate. You might have mm-hmm. a couple other guys are going by power. Everybody's mm-hmm. not always on like an endurance thing. How do you guys get on the same page or you're just like, yo, we're going at a chattable pace. Do you look at heart rate on, on a group ride that's endurance? Because this is like the basic ride is a struggle sometimes for people because they're like, for sure, I yeah. gotta do this. This guy wants to do this. Right. And then people just go off and do their own thing. How do you guys all gel and coalesce together? Yeah. I mean, usually on the, on the, on a flatter ride, it's fine. We just find a, find a way to find a way to work it out. But during, yeah, during like if we have a lot, lots of time and like 10,000, 13,000 feet of elevation in a six hour ride, then then some guys are getting dropped at the climbs. Either they're not feeling good or whether they're strong enough or not. And then we just, I mean, just roll your pace up the climb and then regroup on the top of the climb and then <laughs> go crazy for the descent again. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. You don't know. I think Amo were going nuts down some descents. I saw oh yeah. Yeah. We were, we, we go to college together up in, uh, up in Tennessee. And then he was like, Oh, we should go for this downhill. Okay. Well, who's down. And I'm like, me <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we he's like we got the gopro and then the first time we went for it when we got the kom he didn't get the footage he, he forgot to record it oh dang yeah so the next morning we woke up early and then we're like all right let's go back and get it but we, d- we didn't get the kom this time but we did get the footage and it looked great so that is awesome um one thing i want to ask you about the gym so do you keep the gym work up during the season or is that just a base season type thing uh so it's mostly a base season type thing. I'm doing some gym right now because I'm taking a month off racing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, during when, when you're racing, it's like nearly impossible to keep, keep the gym workouts in. Is it, um, are you taking a month off just cause there aren't any big races that you want to go to or that mm-hmm. the team or your coach was like, Hey, let's take a month to chill before we regroup and go into May. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's multiple reasons for it. So the main reason is because I I can't be in Europe right now because I don't have a visa. Okay. So I'm allowed 90, 90 days in Europe and I used mm. up like 80, 80 of my 90 days. So then I have to come back mm-hmm. um, to the States, which for me works out great because I feel like I race for two months and then the guys who are racing for three months plus then they're going to go into the summer block. They're going to be a lot more fatigued and then while I can hit those two months hard, take a little rest, do some like base longer, longer rides again, and then come back into the summer or the May, the summer with, uh, you know, good shape. That is a really good point that you bring up that I think is very available for a lot of amateurs, especially people that live in cold areas that Cameron Cogburn, mm-hmm. he used to race for jelly belly. We were chatting one year and we were up at, a, I want to say tour Catskills. And we had in upstate New York, a brutal winter and he's like, man, how's the training been going? I'm like, horrible. Like long, mm-hmm. every weekend it was just snowing. Like my long rides are like four hours. He goes, do you know what you got to do? Think of the races in August and September because everybody that had a mild winter, they're going to be tired yeah. as hell. And it was yeah. the best piece of advice of just shift it, man. Like you might not yeah. be flying in May. You got to look a couple more months down. Be yeah. patient. And I was like, Cameron, all right, man. You just, ch-. I was all bummed and pissed off and like, yeah, yeah. mother. He's like, no, man, just figure out a, a way to make it happen, you know? So yeah. that is really good. Um, what do you think is kind of underrated in cycling, whether training, equipment, anything come to mind? Oof. Probably, I don't think people understand the stress in the bunch. Um, like in, in juniors, it was quite okay because I was kind of strong enough to just always ride the front in juniors. And then not being able, not like not being in that mix where there's the crashes and, you know, like the bumping elbows and everything like that. But with U23 racing, when the race is four hours long, and if you sit on the front for two hours, you're going to be toast. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to get in the mix and fight for position. And I don't think, um, I mean, obviously the racers understand, but people who don't, who don't really race a lot the the stress in the bunch like we're going up these climbs at 25 miles per hour and we're crashing up the climb you know mm-hmm. and then uh the positioning before like key moments whether it's a climb or a cobbled section like it, it gets absolutely insane and how do you yeah. manage that i mean this is i asked this question because that as an amateur cyclist myself that was mm-hmm. one thing that there have been a few other guys in the podcast that talk about mm-hmm. this and yeah. i remember asking a teammate like I was the same way. If I was in a big amateur race and I had to conserve energy, I was mm-hmm. so freaking nervous. And he's like, dude, everybody's nervous. What are you talking like is the nerves are high. And I don't think right. when you say all the racers know that, I don't think everyone understands that everyone's mm-hmm. kind of on edge. Yeah. What, yeah do you, for sure. what do you try to do to manage that? Or is it just like Yeah. I mean, I mean it's I'm, chaotic at times. If there's 120 guys in a race, it's just oh, a lot of bodies everywhere. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I pretty told I told myself, like, hey, like the the possibilities of you crashing are very very high so you kind of just have to like come to peace in your mind that like hey like if you crash you crash mm-hmm. and then when basically when you when you tell yourself like hey like there's a high possibility of me going down then you just kind of start racing differently and then you race with more confidence and i don't know that that's what i do that helped me so interesting so you feel like you race better once you came to terms with that i like that yeah i yeah, know yeah for sure um I kind of, I was always afraid afraid of crashing. I'm obviously still am, but just basically coming to terms with that just helped me. Cool. Yeah. What's one of uh, what's an inspiration for you to keep pushing forward? You're at a really high level. There's still mm-hmm. many layers to go. 
Um, what do you, you're waking up, what keeps you going and motivated? Oh, definitely my family and my friends and pretty much the whole like Atlanta Southeast community. Like every time I do good in a race, like doesn't matter top 10 or if I win the race, like I get like lots of messages like, Oh, congratulations, this. And like waking up, waking up to those messages is like, it's, 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 it's great to see, you know, like it really, that really keeps me going. The cycling community, wherever it is, is such a powerful thing. And I'm sure it's similar in other endurance sports, but it's, oh, uh, yeah, when, when you get to experience that, it's really cool. And there are a ton of people room for you, your whole team. It's, it's really, as I was saying before, just the American cyclists right now, it's like, you guys are doing some things. It's exciting. Yeah. Thank you. What do you, when you guys are kind of glebs crafting the training calendar, how, how much do you guys go on maybe what you feel like is missing or how does that come up in conversation? Um, and I think this would be beneficial for cyclists that aren't, that can't afford to have a coach that they're kind of mm. like second guessing themselves mm. a little bit. What sort of feedback do you feel like you need to give to him to help him put together the best thing? Or is he so old school that it's just like, yo, do this end of the story, which wouldn't be a bad thing. That's some, some yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, Gleb is a little bit like that. He's just super old school to where he just like writes out the plan. And I, I mean, follow through to that plan. Exactly. But some, sometimes like, I mean, I have days where I'm not feeling, well, I'm not feeling good. So I'll be like, Gleb, can we, or like in the winter, if it's raining and he has like me doing like a five hour ride, I'm like, Gleb, like, out of like, can we switch the days around? He's like, no, nah, we can't switch the days around. Like just go in the, go, go on the rollers for like four and a half hours instead of five hours. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of tough, but I just got to go through it, I guess. You just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty determined with that stuff. So I just, yeah, I just go in there and get it done. So if you're, can we ask you on film, what's, what's your number one goal? Where are you trying to take this thing? Oh, definitely become the best rider I possibly can on the world tour. That's, I mean, that's, that's always my goal. I don't have a, I don't have maybe like a set race I want to win or maybe like, like, I don't know, earn this amount of, uh, of money or mm -hmm. do this, just basically just go out there and give it everything I got. And, you know, like, like I said, like whatever happens, happens, like, if I can go out there and become and become the best rider, like that's my goal. But then if okay. I don't, then I don't, you know? Yeah. I think that's good. I think there's a lot of people to talk about not having, you know, focus on the journey, focus on the process. Oh, for sure. The biggest things will come from that. And I think that's hard. It's awesome that someone that's 19 years old has that mindset. So no, thank you. Yeah. When, okay. So Gleb's got the calendar. He's doling things out. What are a couple of workouts that you're like, Oh yes, you like to do that type of thing. That, might be, like long let's say long let's ride. say aside from the long ride okay aside from the long ride okay um whew, shoot I, I do like tt intervals uh which i rarely have those anymore for some reason but um maybe because you're so good at them <laughs> i don't i don't know maybe it's, it's probably because i don't have my tt bike right now okay and we're kind we're kind of hitting the base right now and then during during the week when i'm racing it's like not the maybe not the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, TT intervals. And then I just, what would that consist of? How would he, how would that be written out? What would you go do? So usually they're probably around five intervals, maybe start at like seven minutes, go down to six then five then four then like three, two and a half and then two. And then, uh, then I just look at like local Strava KOMs and I'll be like, okay, this, this effort's right here, five minutes and then go on that road and bang out the five minute effort. And then, What's the longest interval that he has you do time-wise? 
probably the longest interval I've ever done is nine minutes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is yeah. awesome. There are way, and you're so young. I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm going to really date myself. Like back, I don't know, let's say 2010, you know, everybody's talking, you got to do two by 20s, three by 20s, one by 45s. Right. And like nobody talks about that now. And we've had, yeah. Landry is one of our other coaches who's younger. He's, uh, I want to say like 25, and he looks into a lot of pros training. He's like, dude, no one's doing three by 20s anymore. Like that is yeah, so yeah. old. And Grant Koontz was on the podcast, and he uh, was really talking about, he thought the underrated thing was like 10-minute power in U.S. cycling. He's like, I don't know why everybody's always doing these super crazy long intervals. It's not what we do in the races. That's not where the right. selection's made. So if you're getting exactly. dropped from the selection, why the hell are you training that? And yeah. it's really changed how I've coached people and thought about my own training. So to hear that, um, that's really cool. So can I ask you heart rate wise, when you're doing like a nine, seven, six down to two, mm-hmm. do you focus on pinning the heart rate or does you have you go by RPE or what do you, fo- how do you know how hard to go? Or is it just max? I mean, uh, it's just max. Like okay. he, he writes out kind of like just go 90 to 95% of your max and I mean, sometimes on the, on the first interval, my heart rate may not even get up to like 185, you know, mm-hmm. or 190 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then um, just just kind of go all out at that point. But then by the second interval, I kind of get going. So then it's easier for me to hold the higher heart rate. Very, very cool. Yeah. What's, uh, are you big into like tech and equipment and that type of thing? Are you more guy that's into just the riding? Uh, I'm getting more into it. Uh, I used to not care at all. Like, um, nationals for the time trial a couple of years ago like my my tt position was horrible and i thought i thought tt position didn't matter at all aerodynamics like as long as you're like pushing big watts and you're going fast like then then you're good to go but then now i'm i'm starting like realize that it matters more and more so i started putting the the hoods a little more inside and like aero socks and getting the back real low and do, doing all this stuff but not not super keen on the aerodynamics yet but definitely getting up there do you work on that then when you're doing certain intervals to try and bring the two together, power and arrow? Or oh, for sure, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because now, now when I start to go in the breakaway, like I can just feel a difference in my speed for sure. Like if I if I put my head super super low, and then I can feel like I'm going 34 miles per hour instead of 32. You know, yeah, and yeah, then, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely feeling that difference and um, practicing that in the intervals for sure. So I could appreciate your comment on your photo at Athens Twilight out of my element. And maybe <laughs> you're referring to just going in circles for quite a long time, which is very different exactly. from what, you're, what you're doing in Europe. Do you see yep. the aerodynamics playing a big role in that type of race when you are corner smash, cornering smash, or is this more like you're saying in the break in a road race, or maybe it's both? I mean, in in that race, you're a lot of times mostly in the wheel, mm. most most of the time. So it doesn't really matter too much. But when you're on the front, for sure, like you yeah. can. I mean, if if anyone watched the race, you can see like whenever I got to the front, I was pretty low down, head head uh head. You're low. like a praying mantis, dude. You're just like <laughs> I was like you are possibly the easiest person to spot. I I don't tune into too many of the crits, but mm. um had a couple friends that were down there, and I was like, all right. How's everything going? It's like, oh, Artem's in the break. Oh, Artem's attacking the break. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was maybe corner one where like everybody was getting, like it must have been the tightest corner. It's kind of hard to tell right. on TV. 
But everybody yeah, was leaning into that super low, trying to just oh, yeah. rail that turn. Yeah, exactly. That one, that one was a little bit downhill off camber. So you had to, you had to find the perfect line for that one. Yeah, lots, lots of leaning for sure. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you think for newer cyclists coming up? You'd really have talked about patience and following <clears throat> the process, but is there yeah. any piece of advice you'd give to newer cyclists or younger cyclists that can you know, help them stay on the course. Cause this is a tough endurance sports are super hard and the training's tough. And what would you kind of tell them to encourage them? I mean, I mean the most thing probably I would say is just have fun. Like, honestly, if you're not, if you're not enjoying like riding the bike and you're treating it more of a job, then mm. it's not, you're like, you're not going to last very long in my opinion. Uh, so as long as like you're enjoying it and like, I don't know, getting out with the boys or doing group rides and like enjoying, enjoying the bike, then that's good for you. And then, uh, also I think balance is very important on, um, I don't like for newer cyclists, I, I don't know what that may be, but if you're finding, um, a, w a way to balance, I don't know, whatever you call fun and then riding a bike, it's, that's the way to go. What's your balance? What do you like to do when you're not riding? Oh, definitely hang hang out with friends. That's like uh I like to come um back from Europe and then visit the family for a couple of days and then I go up in Greenville and then that's where all my buddies live and then we just like go out and have, you know have fun, ride the bikes, stop at coffee shops two times on a three hour ride, you know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I I just love that. Yeah, hanging out with friends for sure. What are you getting at the coffee shop? My go-to, if they have it, is a piece of cake, like carrot cake, and then uh, a latte. That's probably latte. my go-to. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's the number one thing in your daily routine that you think brings the biggest return to some success in sport for you? I'd have to say quality of food, for sure. Mm. Can you yeah. go in on that a little bit more? What do you? How does that maybe play out from – days off the bike or days on the bike or like a pre-race everybody always wants to know what's a pre-race meal do you have like a go-to so pre-race meal i actually started working with uh a nutritionist recently his name is spencer miller okay he works he works for uh he writes for kelly and he works for ef coaching now and he's really helped me and he started giving me like these little little tips so before before athens actually for the first time ever i had uh cereal before the race really yeah, um, I forgot what they're called. Um, was it like a special type cornflakes? No, okay. it, it was just just regular cornflakes. And um, do you I, know I, is I this like, just for the sugar content, or I mean, apparently they have a lot of carbs in them. And then I was like, should I eat pasta? And he's like, it really doesn't matter if you eat pasta or or the cereal, but the cereal is much easier to digest and you just mm -hmm. feel lighter. And I was like, that's a good that's a good point. So I went with cereal and I I felt amazing. That's a, so how far before the race did you eat that so usually if i eat pasta or something heavier like rice i'd probably go three hours before the race mm -hmm. uh, but with cereal since it was easier to digest and it was not not too much cereal i probably ate at six i would say and so we're six, talking just uh, like two normal, normal size bowl of cereal or like extra yeah no, no, no normal size bowl of cereal maybe maybe two bowls of cereal <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, it. in my opinion, the, the more carbs, the better, you know. Okay, so you're a big yeah. carb fan. Big, big carb fan before before races for sure. I try to go, I try to go low carb during the week, but then big, big, big high carbs before races. 
So when you say low carb talk, tell us about that. Is it something that you're, are you restricting carbs or are you like just not overly focused on them or low carb means different things to different people. So how do you sure. gauge like yeah. you wake up, it's Tuesday morning. What do you, what are you going to go eat? I mean, so I like to go a little bit of carbs before the ride. So I'd, I'll do, um, I mean, it really depends on the ride you're doing. So then okay. if, you're, if you're, if you're doing a big ride for sure, like a bowl of oats, um, like around a hundred, 150 grams of oats. And then, uh, if you're doing a small ride, it really depends. Like if you're trying to fast, maybe I'll do an omelet where it's just mm. f- straight fat. And then like a black coffee where, uh, then I'm just burning fat for the ride. And how long of a ride would you do that before? Uh, anything under two hours. I'll do, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do, uh, I'll do a more of a, a fat breakfast. How do you feel after that? Like, do you feel like do you feel the fact that you hadn't eaten carbs oh, for, or? Sure. for sure? Yeah. Yeah. When, when, especially when you start out, you don't, you don't feel good at all. But then, mm-hmm. uh, but then once you get going and you get like past that one hour, one and a half hour mark, then you start feeling fine. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but then, yeah, the first, the first hour is very tough for sure. Would you do that like a day before you had an interval session or do you have to time that type of fasted ride amongst mm-hmm. other rides or can you just do it whenever? Uh, I would, I would do it before an interval ride or the, the day before the interval ride, but mm-hmm. definitely not before a race. Okay. Be- before, before a race, definitely start carving up on the, the day before the race for sure. And then actually the dinner before the day of the race. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. What do you, um, finish a sentence. I never dot, dot, dot. I've never done an inter- uh, a sprint workout. I don't think. Really? Ne- yeah. No. Never. Yeah, and you don't want to. You're like I'm, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's funny. I've, uh, I actually don't do too many sprint workouts. My coach last year gave me 20 second sprints, and on paper, it doesn't sound bad. The 20 seconds is so long. So people oh, out yeah, there, absolutely. I was like, this is. <laughs> back, I was like, dude, I never want to do that again. Yeah, that's horrible. No, yeah, no, I, I'm not, not, not a big, big sprinter guy at all. Which race are you most looking forward to this year? So with, with action, like we have probably one of the strongest teams. I mean, I have ever, I have ever seen, like we have guys on, you know, first and second, fifth and 10th at junior worlds last year coming up. And then we have, um, you know, Cooper Johnson, who is the natty champ from U23 last year, you know, Michael Garrison, and then other guys who won like Strada Bianchi from U23 from last year. And then like, uh, hopefully to get in the baby Giro, but with such a strong team, uh, I'm just hoping to get in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, wishing you luck. Yeah. We got, I think uh, I've been talking to Cooper. We had crossed paths in Tennessee a few times and yep. so I'm trying to get him on the pod and it's, uh, yeah. It's oh yeah. Good. You got to get all the, all the action guys. I'll be hitting all the action people. Up. I was <laughs> like, you know, cause you guys are excited though too. Some people they're, I, we messaged a lot of people just chatting with them about their training on Instagram. And they're like, yo, would you come on the podcast? Like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about that. And I think yeah. sometimes a lot of pros just seem like, not that they don't want to share, but they're like a little hesitant of putting themselves out there. And then yeah. it's fun. Like Michael Garrison was like, yo, dude, totally in. And I was kind of, I don't know Michael. So I was just sort right. of like, ah, hey, whatever. I'll, I'm just going to hit him up. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are just very open. And how I think, you're in a really like good spot of youthful excitement, 
but you guys are all, as you're saying, like, dude, it's a hit squad of people on your team. So yeah, yeah I'm going to have to go on through the action roster, hit some people up and Luke sure. Lamperty came on from Trinity. So I might have to hit up some oh, of those yeah. UK flair going. Um, yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's hit up the, I think this is my last one, unless there's anything that I might've missed. What do you think are three skills for success? And you could take this, whether cycling or life, things that you've kind of learned on your journey that have helped you achieve what you've already achieved. Yeah. Okay. So I'd probably say, being able to position in cycling positioning mm-hmm. it's really hard to learn how to position it just comes with experience you can't you can't teach a new rider how to do it in like one race you, i think it, it took me about maybe two or three years to learn how to position position myself in a group so going on that because this is massively important how what were you what were the feelings or what were you doing two years beforehand when you were like okay i'm not good at this i need to change something up how did you work on that i mean i started off at 11 years old so i was i was very very young so i started mm-hmm. off with lo- local crits local crit mm-hmm. scene and then uh just just move, moving up like just trying to um uh, i didn't know how to move up in the corners and then my dad was pretty much like, hey, like, you just got to shoot up the inside and then kind of like pray for the best at that point. And I was mm-hmm. like, right, one day I just went out and tried it. And then un- until I tried it, I didn't, I didn't learn. So. so do you think part of that is understanding when to burn the mash to move past people? Because this is like, this is a really good conversation. Just so mm-hmm. many, uh, not younger riders, so many riders get stuck in the cat three world. They, they mm-hmm. just can't, they're physically capable. And I think right. now is racing with Zwift creates more of a problem because people think they can just ride through people. Yeah. yeah. But you're in the mid, like I'm, I'm trying to think of, it's hard to verbalize this too. As, as no, I, I, complete, I completely understand your question. And then yeah, I, um, I think, I think being like, when to, when to move up, you have to learn how to move up. You can't move up when it's hard. When it's hard, like when, when someone is going at like 500 Watts and you're trying to do 600, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's, cause then you move not, back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So do you think it's having people understand that um, sort of like when the swell happens and it slows down for that mm-hmm. little split second, you have to maybe they need to be better at reading the race and understand. For sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think whenever, whenever it starts to get slow, that's your, that's basically like your uh, key. Like, Hey, you gotta, you, you gotta, start, you gotta start moving up before you get swarmed. You've made a really good point and that people are, um, when people get attached to the numbers, like when you're saying someone's going 500 watts, you can't go 600 because then you're going to fall back. But when mm-hmm. it slows down, I think sometimes people are like, oh, I get to slow down now. It's like, no, now put out the 370 watts and move exactly. up four spots. Exactly, so it's yeah. like, how can you, uh, this is helping me co- coach people. So I appreciate this. It's like, how can you use the least amount of watts to move up the most positions? And sure. it's sort of uh this uh, girl, Natalie Stoll, told me one time when I was asking her about, uh, she used to race for MVP was like a domestic team back in the day in upstate New York. And I said, you know, I keep getting pushed back. And she said, cause if you're not moving up, you're moving back. And exactly. uh, that yeah. mindset shift, I was like, Oh, you always have to be moving up. So if you're not exactly. constantly trying to get forward, guess yeah. what? 10 dudes just passed you. Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's yeah. number one. That's a huge gem. Um, yeah. Got two more number. So whew. And then the qu- the question was what, uh, just what like to, just no just three skills for success. So it could be even something like 
yeah. mindset wise, or mm-hmm. you've already dropped some gems on nutrition, or yeah. I don't know anything else that comes. Yeah, I mean, my, my mindset is pretty huge. I think mental mentality is everything. Like if you if you go into the race and whether whether you have like a problem and whether you're not feeling good or something like that, and then you let that affect your mindset where it's like, hey, I'm I'm not feeling good, so I'm gonna get dropped today, or I'm not gonna be able to put out this amount of watts, or I'm not gonna be able to go up this climb fast enough. Like then you're not gonna be able to do it. Then you're, you're then you're just gonna get dropped. Or like the weather is not looking good. Like I've I've run into this issue quite quite sometimes. I'm not um, like recently I got Bellevue and it was the worst worst weather worst weather of my life. And I was like, this, this is going to suck. And basically going in with that mentality, like I got dropped like two hours in. Mm. Um, but if you, if you tell yourself like, Hey, like, okay, weather's bad. And maybe I'm not feeling so well. Maybe I didn't get the best night of sleep before, but Hey, I'm going to go out there and give him my best. Then if you go with that mentality, you're, you're sure to do great. That's awesome. Yeah. Two amazing ones. You got one more. One more. Um, Trying to pull well, as much out of Artem as possible. This is like, <laughs> you're dropping gems, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I think being able to suffer is a uh, is 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 a key one. You gotta you gotta learn and really love being able to suffer because if you're like once once you hit the like once you're on the wheels, it's fine. But then once you hit the climb, and then it really just becomes a watt per kilo fight. And if you, if you know how to suffer, then then you're good to go. How do you learn how to do that? Or where have you learned how to do that? When were there points in time when you were riding with, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, even though you're so young, sure. you might've yeah. been riding with other guys in ATL or were there specific scenarios where th- you realized how hard cycling was to be yep. decent at it? Yep. I mean, I think learning how to suffer is very hard. It's something, it's something, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily what you're born with, but mm. you can definitely, you can definitely learn how to suffer. But I think maybe you can you can try in the sauna. I think the sauna, like if you do like 15, fifteen twenty minute, I don't know, like interval blocks in the sauna, like that can really help you suffer. In the sauna, you're not talking about doing intervals in the sauna. You're talking about no, no, no. Like okay, like, I was like, damn, no, 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 is no, no. gangster. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> no, I mean the, the sauna. I I go in the sauna quite a bit, and um, before I th- I rides, think it, after rides, when you in the sauna, after rides, okay. Sure. Yeah, like if I do, if I do a bit, if I do a big ride, I'd love to go in the sauna. But I don't have a, a sauna um, in my house. I have to go to either to the gym or to, oh, to a friend's house. So it's, okay. it's um, it's, it's quite tough to go in the sauna for sure. It's I, uh, I'm I need to get on that train. Where I'm at, I don't have great access to one. But Forest mm-hmm. again is huge on the sauna, and I'm yeah, going yeah. down to one in Florida. Man, I mm-hmm. died the first couple of times. I was in there oh, yeah. for 10 minutes and I was like, whoa, this is really hot. But then yeah. you go out and you ride and you breathe when it's 90 degrees. I couldn't believe how much easier it was. Oh, so sure. I think that's mm-hmm. the one disadvantage that I have now in Blowing Rock where I'm in North Carolina. It's like 3,800 feet where I sleep. So the rides mm-hmm. go from, let's say, 2,000 to 5,000. So it's cooler right. than if I go race in somewhere in Georgia. And oh, so, for sure. I'm a little nervous about the top few races when it's going to be like scorching hot. I need yeah. to acclimate to that because I don't naturally do well in super hot weather. So mm-hmm. the sauna, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yo, man, this was awesome. This is incredible. Any, oh, yeah. any, uh, parting words or, um, questions I might've missed or things that you want to get out there to the people. 
Um, <laughs> I just want to say shout out my mom. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say. How is mom involved in all of this? Obviously, besides bringing you into this life and probably taking oh, care yeah. of you a little bit. Oh, me, my parents are number one supporters. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful to have them around and they're always, always calling when I'm at races and just wanting to know how it goes. So, yeah. That's amazing. Mom, way to go. We appreciate you. Artem, <laughs> thank you so much, everybody. We'll put links into his uh, social media to action. Give those guys a follow. Reach out to him. Tell him thank you for taking the time to share all this. We really appreciate it, man. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having and- me.